All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Sons of Saturday. It is Wednesday, September 23rd, 9 o'clock p.m. Just finished off a, uh, a game preview with John Laser. You better know him as the voice of the Hokies and host, co-host of Tech Talk Live. Uh, fantastic preview and sit down uh, with Lays. A lot of fun. But we, before we get into that, uh, Billy Ray, how, how are things going? Where are you at? What's going on? Just a little vibe check. Man, sons of vibe checkery. Uh, it feels good to be in game week. Um, you guys may know. You know how the tweets go. Game week. Make sure you're up bright and early on Saturday. Get in your game predictions. We're giving away gift cards. It's coming back. Uh, but it is game week. Fired up about that. I am in the beautiful state of New Jersey. We are down in the 60s. That is the mainstay now. Leaves, they're changing. Winds picking up. Uh, sleeping with the window open. Turning the air conditioning off. Um, so that's been what's going on here. Uh, but things are good, man. Slinging software. Coming up at the end of uh, end of quarter three. And just um, chugging on right along here. Ready for football. Love to hear it. We got Bill enjoying the fall. Sleeping with one window open. You got Pat living in Charlotte right now. Sleeping with one eye open. Because... Oh. Hokie Nation, start jumping on Saturday. We got NC State kicking off a little night game action. I'm super excited for it. I am very fired up for it. Actually, speaking of Blacksburg, I got down there last weekend. It was my mom's birthday. Happy belated birthday, mom, uh, on Friday. And uh, we wanted to visit my sister, who was a freshman at Virginia Tech. So uh, we went to a nice little little dinner, a little sit down at the farmhouse in Christiansburg. It was my first time there. Never been. Come on. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm a Blacksburg guy by nature and uh, had a fun time there uh, getting together with some of the, uh, the hack and Hokies. They know who they are. And uh, Saturday morning, I got to tell you, I have to plug this because it was just fantastic. We got up at seven 30, a mom, my dad, Richard Wharton and myself. And uh, we get, we went over to the German club. We parked the car and we just took a little four mile jog around Blacksburg, jumped on the huck Ran down the huck. It spit us out. I guess it's Miller Street, or I think we jumped up on Clay Street. And on Clay Street, we went up, and we made that left onto Main Street, and then we went in front of Main Street Pharmacy, knocked on the window, said, Jeremy, I know you're not in there, but I miss you. And uh, took some pictures, a little photo shoot, put it out there. It was fantastic. And then we, uh, we strolled up to Alumni Mall, made the left, did a lap around the drill field, and uh, came up. Washington Street, went down, ran around the athletic facility and back to the German club. But man, so peaceful, perfect weather, just, you know, a casual jog and uh, could not have been more enjoyable and really glad we made that part of our day. If you're in Blacksburg, if you get a chance to get down there this fall, uh, obviously, you know, not mingling with any students, but more so uh, just to enjoy the uh, the scenery of Blacksburg, Virginia. Go on a little run around campus because it is just absolutely glorious. Can I add really? something too? Can I add something to that? Uh, if you can get to Blacksburg, support the local businesses, man. I got to remind you, the local businesses, do everything you can. Shop local, do everything you can to help the local businesses. That is something that we are pushing. That is something that we firmly believe in. They need you. We need them. Help them out. We love you, Blacksburg. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. So local business, Main Street Pharmacy, you know what the Sons of Saturday is sponsored by. Uh, we got a little hokey haiku presented by the Main Street Pharmacy. The best pharmacy in the NRV, Southwest Virginia, 
state of Virginia, potentially the country. They care about you. They care about Virginia Tech. Jeremy Counts will greet you with a smile underneath his mask because he can. you can just see it in his eyes. That guy is smiling, man. And uh, all your COVID necessities, just a, a great place. So sons of supporting local. You are not a number, but you are a neighbor when you walk through those doors. So Parker Manning, who submitted an incredible article about the generational love for Virginia Tech, he also submitted an incredible and incredible haiku. So he says, bowl streak still intact, season start, football is back, let's beat the Wolf Pack. Triple rhyme nation from Mr. Manning. Touchdown, Eli. Touchdown, Peyton. No. Touchdown, Parker Manning. Love the haiku. Billy Ray, what you got for me, my friend? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, if you want to see some great pictures from Patrick's trip, some of you don't know this. When we post our podcasts, we also post the podcast write-up. Last week, Patrick penned a fantastic write-up of the Andre Davis interview. Had some great pictures in there from game day, some statistics. This week, we'll include some pictures from Patrick's wonderful trip to Blacksburg, some context from the Lay's conversation this week. Uh, so go on over. And I just want to let you guys know what's going over on over at sonsofsaturday.com. First and foremost, fantastic merch. Grayson Wimbish threw in the group chat. Hey, guys, I'm going to create some new merch. And we're like, you have piqued my interest. Grayson churned out some uh, embroidered sweatshirts, getting you ready for the cold weather. Uh, Pat, who does not like the fall, will be able to bundle up in his, uh, in his embroidered shirt and keep himself warm. So go on over and check that out. Um, also, in terms of articles, our scribes have been killing it recently. Before we get into those articles, we are bringing on student scribes. Uh, these will be students from um, the Department of Journalism at Virginia Tech. We're really excited to be bringing them on to contribute, whether it be through written word or um, through videos or any other form of media. So we're really excited about that. And if you're interested in joining the Sons of Saturday and contributing, please let us know. But this week, what did we have come out? Brett Smith wrote a great, fantastic article about the Prokies, Virginia Tech Hokies. I'm going to keep saying Prokie until it catches on. Isaiah Ford, shout out to him. Seven catches for 76 yards. Go, Isaiah. Um, then we had three reasons why. This is a new repetitive piece that's going to go out every week that we play football. So we basically break down three reasons why Virginia Tech will win the game this week. That was by Robert Erdy. And three reasons why NC State could upset Virginia Tech. That was by Mike McDaniel. Also, an article that went out today, as we mentioned before, Generational Love for Virginia Tech by Parker Manning. And here's what we got coming up here. This will probably be out by the time the podcast drops. We have a hokey highlight on Coach Wiles. Coach Wiles, uh, you can't talk about the lunch pail D without Coach Wiles, um, an absolutely phenomenal uh, human being and a great coach. He is on the sidelines for NC State, um, but will forever be remembered as a, a great part of the Virginia Tech coaching staff. The locks of Saturday are also releasing on Thursday, usually releases on Wednesday, but the lines, the lines just jumped all over the place after some new news hit the, hit the wire in the ACC. So had to take another day to make sure we're getting the best information to you. And then we have game previews. Every scribe will be submitting their game preview and that will go out in an article on Friday. Patrick Finn, the scribes of Saturday are killing it right now. 
And uh, y'all are missing out if you're not checking it out. So sonsofsaturday.com, give it a look. Scroll to the bottom, sign up for the newsletter. We will keep you in the know. Please sign up for the newsletter. Billy Ray puts in blood, sweat, and tears over those things, man. And they're they are chock full of good content. So go check out the Sons of Saturday newsletter at the bottom of sonsofsaturday.com when you get a chance for all of your SOS keep up uh and contentery. With that said, uh, that's about it. I think we cover everything else that we need to cover in this episode here, this little interview uh, with Lays. So thanks for joining. And here's the 555 followed by John Laser. everybody welcome back to the suns we have a very special guest here with a very special message you might know who he is but let me just have him give him the floor real quick and there is nothing but clean mountain air between the suns on saturday (laughs) finally wait that was awesome that was impromptu (laughs) that was fantastic welcome back this is awesome a a, a reappearance well, I feel like we've bookended our quarantine uh, with the Suns of Saturday and Lays. Like it was like five days after uh, the world shut down in March. I think mm-hmm. I was with you guys, and now we're ready to rock lane again Saturday uh, in unconventional fashion. And it only seems fitting. I'm excited. There's not, you know, I probably burned close to seven thousand calories last time we hung out. I probably hit a, hit or missed a golf ball three hundred times. Um, but uh, you know, can't say I've gotten much better since then. But uh, maybe next time uh, we'll we'll get down under the uh, triple digits. We'll I'm see. just gonna say that I have gotten better at golf. <laughs> so when we run this back, either uh, after the season or before next season, you're gonna see some stark improvement from Patrick Finn on the links. Well, I tweeted it that day, and I'm still impressed by it. There's a certain level of capacity for humans to take suffering, and you guys just far exceed that. Like, you will not pick up. Like, what'd you have on that whole 14? Like, I'm only going to seven. Like, that's as high as I go. It doesn't matter if I had a 14 or not. Look, if it's if it's getting if it's going to the grocery store, if it's playing golf, if it's playing you know water balloon <laughs> fights, you got to exercise grit. It's just the way. It's just the way you got to do it. So. Um, but no, it's great. It's great to have you back rocking the polo. I'm the only guy in a t-shirt. looks like you two are ready to go hit the links, but, um, Pat's got a cool new segment for us. History Pat finally got a sponsor for history. Pat, we used to be like uh, inside the NBA with, uh, Nito's stat of the night without a sponsor. We finally got one. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we'll do here, uh, just want to, first of all, we got NC state on Saturday. That's big news. We want to do some preview of the game. We want to get the vibe check. What's going on in Blacksburg. How are things going? Uh, little, little score predictions at the end as well, but we'll kick it off here with the hashtag Hokie history presented by Homefield. Shout out Homefield for having the same alliteration as Hokie makes things a lot easier but uh, head on down to homefield.com, use Sons of Sat at checkout. Uh, sorry, homefieldapparel.com. 20% off your order using Sons of Sat. They got the Fighting Gobbler logo. They got the old TV logo. They even got the Skipper Cannon. Check it out. The cotton is like magic. I've never put on a more comfortable sweatshirt. 
homefieldapparel.com. So jump in the time machine, the magic school bus, whatever you want to call your portal to the past. We'll review the, uh, the last five games here against the NC State Wolfpack. Uh, let's see, the all-time series here, 27 wins, 18 losses, four ties. All right, ties. Glad we don't have to do that uh, anymore. But uh, most recently, 2015, we all remember that pouring rain, uh, lightning storm before the game. Uh, they delay the game a little bit. Lays was just telling us about his rain delay experience. And Isaiah Ford calls in three first-quarter touchdowns from Captain Motley, the Motley crew, <laughs> after the rain delay. Adonis Alexander has a sweet interception and uh, won that game convincingly at Lane Stadium. 2010, one of my favorite and uh, more underrated games in the Tyrod Taylor era. Uh, Tyrod leads the crew uh, back from, I think it was a 17-point deficit. David Wilson has the uh, kick return to kick off the second half. Have the nice Tyrod to Boykin uh, pass to kind of cap off the game in the fourth quarter. Jaron Hosley picked off Russell Wilson three times. That's Russell Wilson, all pro Super Bowl champ, three times. Shout out Jaron Hosley. Fun comeback in Raleigh. 2009, Cody Grimm forces four fumbles in the 2009 game. And Ryan Williams carries a sorry defensive back 10 yards to the end zone. He's like holding on to Ryan Williams' uh, jersey like a cape. 2005, Marcus Vick uh, led the charge to kick off the 2005 season down in Raleigh on September 4th. And then uh, 2004, ending it on a bad note, but, uh, you know, got to give a shout out to Chuck Amato and the crew. They came into to Blacksburg and beat us by one point uh, in 2004. Our only two losses in the regular season that year were to USC and then to NC State. John Laser, what were you doing in 2004? Where were you uh, in your career? That's a great question. I had to think about it. I was uh, working at KFAN in Minneapolis, which was one of my first jobs in the business. And then I was also the play-by-play voice of the St. Cloud River Bats, which is a summer collegiate league up in uh, the Midwest. And I was doing high school football and basketball at the time, yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was still kicking around the soccer ball. I think I was in like fourth grade. It's a wild time. I know Billy was playing, probably playing Pee Wee football back in 04. But uh, yeah, we, we, uh... I was 24. <laughs> so quick question about 2015. I'm curious. So being on the radio, um, you know, my, my, my favorite thing about the radio, I was driving around with my grandfather. Took him into the city for the first time in 20 years. Drove into the city, drove past city, uh, city field. Mets were playing. They're describing the environment. They're describing how the air feels and everything. So when you are announcing one of these one of these weather games, do you have the window open? Do you go out on the field before to kind of feel what it's like? How do you kind of get people that are listening to understand what the conditions are like in a, uh, in a situation like that? Yeah, you know, I used to do that a lot more in baseball just because you were on every night and there was so much variance. So if I could see a big system coming, you know, ominous clouds in the distance, see how much longer, try to describe the color of the sky, things like that. If the rain's coming down, is it drizzle? Is it actual rain? You know, how consistent is it? Uh, With football, it seems like it only factors in if it's really heavy, (laughs) like it was that night or like it was at Carolina in, in 2016, where you know, it's essentially changing the entire makeup of the game and people can't grip the football and those things. I remember in 2015, though, it was chaos because it hit so quickly 
and it hit so close to game time that tailgating was in full regalia. People were making their way into Lane Stadium. And it's not that Virginia Tech didn't have a plan. It's just that they had to enact it so quickly. So they had to shuffle people into Castle Coliseum and behind the scenes, people are running around and scurrying around. And that's the beautiful part about radio. We're sequestered in the booth, so we can't be relied upon to do anything value valuable to help anybody. So people are coming in panicked with messages about when we're going to kick and TV's a factor is Friday night game. And I'm just sitting there with my feet up and I ticked off so many people because they're like, kick is whenever it wound up being. I'm like, yeah, we got it. We're good. And me and Mike are just BSing like, back and forth, filling time, talking about why it's weird. The gates haven't opened. What's going on? Uh, yeah. But ultimately it wound up being an awesome night because you were right. It was a convincing win, Pat, and it was somewhat surprising because that was a pretty highly touted NC State team. I could argue, uh, just off the top of my head, that was probably the best that team looked in 2015. Jacoby Brissett, yeah. an NFL uh, NFL quarterback, drafted, uh, played around with Indianapolis for a while. I'm not sure he is, but he's still in the league now. Bradley Chubb, too. Was he on that roster? That yeah, was a talented Brissett, roster. Yeah, Brissett's backing up. Uh, or Yeah, you're right. He was with the Colts, and now, of course, another NC State guy, Rivers, is there. So, yeah, and I honestly, I was researching it again this week, of course, but I for completely forgot Isaiah Ford had three touchdowns in one quarter in that game, and I forgot, I think, just because of what a whirlwind that season became with Coach Beamer retiring. It was a huge win for us as well um, to kind of get the, the the train back on the tracks. I remember it's th- Thursday night, I believe, uh, night game in Lane Stadium. Friday night, that's right. Um, but uh, absolutely a huge win uh, for Virginia Tech. So transitioning here, um, you know, school's in session. Everybody's got class. You got homework. You got assignments you got to do. Well, look, a lot of people don't know, but Lays is about to give a report card here for the town of Blacksburg. There are some rules in place. We're trying to stay safe. We're trying to have a football season. We're trying to exercise caution. We have been telling you multiple times, wear your mask, whether it be a post with Coach Fuente doing the typical hand up by the face movement or one of the strength coaches looking a little, you know, aggressive, wear your mask. How is the town of Blacksburg doing it? Give me the vibe check in Blacksburg, Virginia. Yeah, I think that during the course of the day, going to school, working around the the sidewalks, just on campus, it's it's 100% or it's at very least close to it. I know that if I, for whatever reason, walk out of my apartment or walk out of my office and forget my mask, I scurry back because I don't want to get the looks of shame from <laughs> for not having it. Uh, and that's great. Obviously, I think the students are honestly doing a phenomenal job with it and have been pretty much since they got here. And then that might only be heightened a little bit since the positive cases have risen and there, and there is a legitimate level uh, for concern of the spread. I'm not out uh, in the nightlife, at least at the places where the students are, so I can't speak to that, but I know that the establishments are doing all that they can. And and I would say the town itself has really done a nice job of allowing places to create temporary outdoor seating areas. Centro Taco Bar, we hit a ton just because it's right down here by where we live and it's outside. And now they've got a tent and the, uh, the town of Blacksburg set up a tent and, and closed down the section of the road outside of the river mill. Uh, and people legitimately seem to be enjoying that. Uh, I just worry about the next few weeks when it starts to get a little colder. Absolutely. Yeah. So hats off to everybody. Uh, and also now is a good time to sit outside, enjoy the, the leaves changing. Pat had a little bit of an interesting take. We won't get into it. Pat did say that fall weather was overrated, but it's got to feel nice. That. So what are your thoughts then? If you want to, if, if, if you saw it, well, then what are your thoughts? Well, I agree. And I disagree because coming from Minnesota, 
I never liked the fall, but that's only because I knew what was coming. The fall right. meant that we were heading into the abyss and the darkness that was winter that last six or seven months there. Pat is wrong, though, and that fall weather is phenomenal, particularly as it pertains to college football. I love walking out when it's 65. I tweeted that the other day, 65 and sunny. That's clearly chillier than it was a couple of weeks ago, but it, it felt fantastic, and now it represents Lane Stadium and all those things to me. And, yes, it still leads to winter, but it's not nearly as crippling as it was in Minnesota. I can certainly see where he's coming from. Live in the moment. Go ahead, Pat. I'll let you, I'll let you retort. I'm not even going to have a retort. I think that is an extremely fair take because I never said I didn't like fall weather. I think it's overrated as far as, you know, you get people tweeting about their pumpkins and their pumpkin spice and, you know. I was a huge fall guy either, Pat. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's of the seasons. It's my third favorite. So, like, oh, man. Like, hello, do we not love summer? Like, sitting out yeah. on a dock, sitting on a boat, going to the beach. Like, summer weather is actually, I think, not appropriately rated in relation to how fall weather is rated. People, you know, the, the it gets to 58 degrees in the morning and people get all excited. And it's like, hey, man, what about summer? Like, I was really enjoying that, you know? That's true. I don't know. All right. Anywho. I guess it was more of a, I don't want to hate on the fall, but you got, you were both making fair points. Um, moving on here. I want to talk a little bit about this year's challenges. So, you know, first and foremost, coming with just preparation. We're supposed to play in, we're supposed to play Virginia last week. We didn't play Virginia last week. We're supposed to say NC state weeks ago. We didn't play him. We're supposed to play NC state on Saturday. Hopefully we are playing NC state on Friday uh, on Saturday. How have you approached preparing? Have you done anything differently? Have you expanded your research past the two deep uh, just to prepare for, you know, unknown players not playing kind of how have you approached this uh, from your preparation standpoint? Yeah, I haven't changed at all what I do for Virginia Tech. I always go four or five deep. There's not really any guys on the roster that I'm not at least aware of. Uh, or wouldn't be ready for if they come in. And you'll need that throughout the course of the season. And also it's a product of boredom over the summer where you're just looking at anything and everything and you're out of camp and you see every scrimmage. So you see all of these guys, even if they're further down the depth chart, get at least a rep or two and, and you have an idea. So I prepared that way normally as if we were going to start September 12th. Uh, it was far enough back that we knew we weren't going to start on September 5th that, that I was able to push that back a little bit. And then with the other ones, you know, they said it's NC State. I started prepping for them, um, and then that was shut down just about the time that I was fully getting into it. So I was through their coaching staff and some of the changes they've made there. I hadn't really gotten too far into the two deep. Then they say it's going to be Virginia, so I got all the way down the road on Virginia. I was a 1,000% ready for that game. The boards were done. The reads were lined up. And, you know, I had talked with Dave Kane. We'd shared notes, and, and we often do. We're pretty good friends. He's the voice of the Who's for people that don't know. Uh, was completely ready to go, and then we just shut it down. Uh, picked up NC State, and now, like you, I'm just absolutely hoping that we get it get kicked off on Saturday. And, and you know, as you can see briefly here, the, the boards are already done, and I'm about three days ahead of where I normally would be and where I will be next week when I prep for Duke. On that subject uh, for kind of changes – do you know what will be different? Uh, will the sitting situation be different? Will you be in the same box? Do you have a certain protocol? Um, just kind of curious on uh, on that front if you have any if you have even any insight into it. Yeah, what's really interesting about that is we had an ACC wide call with all of the different radio crews to relay what the different protocols were because, like with everybody else that's dealing with the coronavirus and the response to it, 
it's different state to state. So what's curious right off the top is about half the teams, including Clemson, which surprised me, are not traveling their broadcasters at all. They're just staying back and through whatever form or fashion are doing games off monitors. There are other stadiums that aren't allowing visiting radio to come. It doesn't happen to be any of our opponents. Uh, but so the, for those, even if you wanted to travel, you couldn't. Uh, here at Tech, I'm very fortunate to work with people that are very rational. They let us kind of set the protocol because they know that we know the best how we need to do things safely. But to your question, yeah, since those teams aren't traveling to us, the only two that were on our schedule were going to be UVA and Liberty and Liberty down the road a little ways and UVA obviously didn't come. So we've just commandeered the visitors booth as well. So we'll host our pre and post show out of that. It's just a two man operation with Wes and Luther. Uh, that'll keep them out of the home booth. Mike, myself and our engineer and my spotter will be in the home booth, but then we've got plexiglass partitions between all of us. And then we've got a big plexiglass partition uh, between the front row and the back where the engineer is. Sideline reporter will not be on the sidelines, but he will be down in the stands. I've talked to Justin Puente about this, and he has agreed to come to the base of the stairwell, and they're going to have a socially connected or disconnected shout fest uh, for our halftime interview. Post-game, Mike won't be able to go down, but we'll be able to do the interviews from up in the booth, and I've set up like a temporary uh, mobile broadcast station down there where Pete Morris is going to throw headphones, sanitized headphones, on the guys and boo. You got to get that on. You got to get that on film. You got to get the. You got to get the. You got to get the uh, the pass on film. We would love that. <laughs> I hate to describe it all that way because those are all problems we've pretty much solved. I hope for Saturday. I hope that that doesn't come across the air. Like I hope it doesn't sound any different to people. And if it doesn't, that means we've done our job well. Awesome. Well, it seems like it's been well thought out. And um, obviously, a, I have a nine page COVID broadcast plan, Bill. A nine page <laughs> COVID broadcast plan. Wow. Yeah. For every different well, you've, had, you've had plenty of time to prepare it. Uh, I'm glad yeah, that you all have. Entire day on it. And then, like, yeah. nobody read it. Like, yeah, yeah, just do what you want. <laughs> we trust um, you. So we actually, we decided to help you out a little bit. So oh. and not saying you need any help because you are the best in the business, but <laughs> we want to break down what's going on uh, kind of with NC State and with Virginia Tech. We decided, hey, look, Lazy's working hard. Lazy's got to go four to five deep with every team that he's doing. So he may not have time to get his Lazisms going. So what we're going to do, we're going to do a little brief preview of the positions with some suggestions uh, with, uh, with some names, but would love to hear what you know about NC State side of the ball um, after that. And first and foremost, the quarterbacks here at Virginia Tech, you got Braxton Burnmeister. You got Hendon Hooker. I couldn't come up with something really, really creative with Hendon yet. Um, Hendon's a bar, but I couldn't come up with something. And then uh, we have Quincy Pound the Rock Patterson. So three fantastic quarterbacks in the fold. Um, would love to get your comments on that and hear a little bit about what you have, uh, what you have on NC State. Well, you can't really you knew do this much was coming. Handing. You knew this was coming. I mean, <laughs> That's why I came on. Yeah, uh, you knew it was coming. You, uh, you can't do much with Hendon for obvious reasons, and you don't need to. Um, yeah, you know, it just takes care of itself. I like Braxton. I like Pound the Rock Patterson. Uh, it's a little go. bit long, but I think we could work it in, particularly on a longer touchdown run. Uh, yeah, we can we can roll with that. I'd like to see it get a little more diversified with Quincy, so it wasn't just Pound the Rock Patterson, and he would mm -hmm. be able to air it out a little bit too, though. Mm -hmm. What have you seen out of NC State's uh, quarterback room and uh, kind of what's going on? They've scored a they've scored a good a good amount of points. Good quarterbacks coming through NC State each year. Um, curious what you've seen in your research so far. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they refer to themselves as QBU, and they've got five former quarterbacks in the NFL right now, or at least we're on opening day rosters. You mentioned a couple of them earlier. They've got a proud heritage there, tradition there, but were very down last year at the position. They cycled through three different guys in the first four games. I think it was their first five games it was. They ultimately settled on Devin Leary, who's got a ton of talent, particularly arm talent. He can definitely sling the football but was not ready uh, as a true freshman last year, particularly with some of the other injuries. They had an offense and just struggled. His completion percentage was below 50. They go four and eight. They lose their last six, and the kid kind of took the beating for it. Well, coming into camp this year, everyone says, you know, refound sense of confidence in all the original talent, which is why he was highly thought of, had returned. And then he gets contact traced due to the COVID situation, misses three weeks, and everyone's a little bit surprised. They start the lefty, Bailey Hockman, against Wake Forest who's the Florida State transfer, uh, hadn't had a lot of success, no success at Florida State, didn't really get on the field, did not have a lot of success last year with NC State. He was one of the three that cycled through, and he kind of opened some eyes and threw the ball well. Granted, a lot of his completions, 9 of 17, were two running backs rather than throwing the ball down the field, uh, which means they're operating the screen game well. It also means that they were running the football well and he was being well protected. So they've got two options. I think we're prepared for both of them, but I think at this point, we're expecting Hockman to start. I just got to say, I wasn't expecting doing this. I wasn't expecting that much of a breakdown at the quarterback position. If anyone was curious uh, how much research goes into this, Lays is ready for every angle. They got to get you, they got to get you breaking down film uh, in Merriman maybe, or giving them some of your notes. What you guys got to see is when we do it with Blacksburg Sports Club, I'll just do position by position with the Hokies and just blow their minds. We'll just run through the whole roster all at once and not take any sort of break to like ask for questions or anything else. It's just like a 20 minute stampede. And afterwards it's just like, what in the hell was that? No, this is fantastic. And it's, and, it, and it's hard work paying off, had some extra time and excited. We'll, we'll transition here into the running backs and, and Pat's going to help me out here. We got two newcomers. Can't mention the running backs without, I won't do it, but crown him, Mikey crown him. I mean, that's a good, that's a good one. I know you got that's that one. That, that one, yeah. that one is saved. That one's fantastic. And then the two newcomers, I got a uh, Raheem, the dream black year burst into the clear. And then Pat has got me covered with Khalil Herbert. What do you got, Pat? All right. This one is extremely goofy. Um, maybe even Burnup can take this one, but you know, Khalil <laughs> Herbert has a great game, you know, Goes for like 150, 175, two touchdowns, and uh, treats himself to some nice ice cream after the game. But maybe he's a Sherbert guy. Maybe he's a rainbow Sherbert uh, <laughs> type of guy. So I don't know. Uh, maybe we can get some, you know, some type of uh, deal going there. <laughs> uh, that one might be a stretch for him. The dream's pretty easy to work in. Uh, I just can't get over the fact that like, every time I think Blackshear, I think of Kerry Blackshear. I haven't spent so many so much time around him, so I'm hoping I don't uh, juxtapose those during the broadcast. The problem with Herbert is he's, he came with a nickname. He's already Juice, so we kind of got to go with it. But we do need a new We already Mike have people. a Juice. We already have a Juice. I hate to do that. I, mean, I hate to do that, but we, we have a yeah, Juice. That's Terrell Juicy Smith. Juice. We got, we got, we got, we got, we got Juicy Juice. juice. the hole for Juice. <laughs> we got Juicy Juice, and we got Capri Sun. Okay, I guess so. I guess so. What are you seeing out of what are you seeing out of the NC State roster at running back? 
Yeah, they're very talented. They've got three different guys. Ricky Person, who was the ACC running back of the week last week. Really, you could have picked any of them. They've got a guy whose nickname, speaking of nicknames, is Bam, Zonovan Bam Knight, and Jordan Houston. They all ran it pretty effectively. The first two that I mentioned, both were near 100 yards, and both were well over six yards of carry. And I think that speaks a lot more to the play calling of Chip Beck and the offensive line looked really good for NC State in that game, but they were really mixing it up. They were opening up some things with the screen game to the exterior that opened up a lot of things. So you're going to get a healthy dose of all three of those guys, but you worry more about Knight, and his nickname would let you indicate he's more of a power runner, Bam Knight, and uh, you know he's the between-the-tackles guy. Person's the guy you got to worry about getting to the perimeter, and Houston will catch a lot of passes for them out of the backfield. So how they use them and what increments and, and what Justin Hamilton's defense is able to force them into looks-wise and pressure-wise, I think determines how much you see of each of those guys. And then we'll jump into wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, you know, a new lazism that we have developed. I know on our previous uh, podcast we did with you, Billy was throwing out Eric Gallo or uh, Nick Gallo. Nick is the, uh, the younger yeah, brother. That's my problem. I do that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all the time. Um, Billy was saying Galileo, like something Galileo, but here we go. Nick Gallo galloping down for six. Touchdown, Virginia Tech Hokies. I think you were on something with Galileo. I can see that. Galileo <laughs> galloping is kind of redundant. Uh, I got I, – I, I was coming up – I was trying to come up with it quick. I have uh, Galileo counting his lucky stars. We got Gallo in the back of the end zone, the fourth read of the quarterback. Something so like scary, that, maybe? What's scarier about this this go-around is back in March, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got six months. I'll figure out a way to let these guys down easily. But now we're like two days out. I'm like, oh, no. I'm actually going to have to go with these oh, we got on to. Saturday. Yeah. I got to tell you, we got at least. How about Galileo, a star is born? Because it would be his first, uh, it would be his first collegiate touchdown. There you go. There you go. Them. We'll have to get uh, Al Jones to make a, a graphic. We could put out a little movie poster with uh, Nick Gallo on it. With a telescope. <laughs> How is NC State looking as far as their uh, receiving targets? Yeah, they've got a pretty diverse group. They've got Kerry Angeline, who is a graduate student transfer from USC that is an NFL prospect, six foot seven. He's a big target for them. He's kind of their safety valve, like the tight end is supposed to be. Uh, in terms of their receivers, they've got a fairly conventional slot. And Thayer Thomas, Devin Scott's a good option for him on the outside. Uh, it's it's one of those groups that doesn't really have a star where you're looking at them like a Deami Brown from UNC, and, and you're particularly worried about that one guy. But they do have a number of different guys that can give you problems. It's kind of like the Hokies group of wide receivers, honestly, where you've got the shifty guy, you've got the big guy, you've, everyone has their clearly defined roles. Uh, but when you factor in their running game and how that may open up some things for them on the back end, they definitely are capable of giving you some problems. We're going to uh, go into the defense here. And I, ha- I have no names for me. We'll save the names for last year. Uh, Pat has a few good ones. But I'm really excited about Coach Hamilton. I'm really excited to see what we roll out. Going to have to get cre- a little creative in the secondary here. Um, but really, really excited to see what we're able to put out there uh, this fall. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, not only on NC State's defense, but also uh, on this Virginia Tech defense with a different look for the first time in decades. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too, having the opportunity to see how Ham has approached day-to-day coaching and through practice and through camp. And I think it was a perfect time 
uh, during this pandemic for him to be leading just because he's so positive and youthful and just never seems to not have energy. And from a mental perspective, more than a physical one, I think that's something that this staff, not just this defensive staff, really needed from him. You know, Brad Cornelson's a phenomenal guy. I love him, but he's more of a low-key type. Uh, and Justin Hamilton, not that he's out there yelling and screaming, but he's definitely enthusiastic and, and he's moving around and he's coaching guys up himself. So I, I think you're going to continue to see Virginia Tech style defense. It's not systematically or systemically going to be hugely different, but there are going to be some subtle changes in terms of the way they attack and, and namely the way in which they bring pressure. I, I think the best way to describe it would be controlled aggression where you're not necessarily gambling quite as much as maybe you have uh, in previous decades, but you're still bringing those exotic blitzes. You're still trying to bring people. You're just trying to do it with a little bit less back-end risk to mitigate, of course, the big plays that have hampered us a little bit over the last few years. And then as far as the, uh, the NC State defense, obviously they put up a lot of po- – or they, uh, they surrendered a lot of points last weekend against Wake Forest, um, both in the air and on the ground. What are your immediate thoughts – from reviewing uh, that first contest? It was surprising, to be honestly, that they got gouged as much as they did by Wake Forest, particularly with Wake Forest having lost Jamie Gibson and, and not, uh, and not excuse me, and not having that quarterback back. They, they looked pretty in sync, Wake Forest did. They're running a 3-3 stack. It's Tony Gibson. Hokie fans are familiar with him from when he was with Dana Holgerson at West Virginia. He was the coordinator that Josh Jackson and the Hokies beat at FedEx Field in 2017. The 3-3 stack presents its all its usual troubles, particularly when you have a formidable front three, which they do, uh, particularly at nose tackle, in that you can get creative in the way in which you're blitzing and bringing pressure with your linebackers. And it's not the same defense per se, but it's some of the same concepts that Virginia was using to have success last year with the linebackers. And you saw some of the young offensive linemen for Virginia Tech a little bit frazzled by that. And not surprisingly, NC State, they do love to gamble. They do love to send extra rushers. They racked up six sacks against Wake Forest despite giving up the 42 points in that game. And they can definitely get after you, particularly if you're not as cohesive as you'd like to be on the uh, offensive line. They've got a great trio of linebackers, too, including Rayshard Ashby's former teammate at Elsie Bird and great friend who, like Rayshard, plays middle linebacker and is kind of the captain of that defense. So the front six are, are very potent for NC State. And not to say that the back five is a weak link by any means. It's not. Uh, but it is the softer half of that defense. Definitely uh, appreciate the breakdown, Lays. And uh, for Hokie fans who weren't able to view the Wake Forest and NC State game, um, definitely some adequate analysis uh, ahead of our game this weekend. So I know Billy said that uh, we have some more names to break down here uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And then we got one for, uh, for special teams as well. I'm going to save myself the embarrassment. I'm not going to do the voice uh, for these ones. <laughs> Well, if you'll save your, if you'll save it, and we just mentioned the Wake Forest game, I'll do one. If you were guest appearing on the Wake Forest one, at the end of the game, you certainly could have said, "Wake Forest is still sleeping after a second straight loss to NC State and Clemson." Haven't woken <laughs> up yet. If you like that? That's easy, an easy play there. But uh, we'll we'll retire the Lay's voice for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the podcast. Well, I was going to say they were s- still sleeping among the deciduous because, you know, forest. You know, That's too many nice syllables. Little, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't go reference. over their heads, Pat. You can't go over their heads. So uh, some changes to the depth chart that were kind of the most, uh, you know, the most eye-popping, I would say, uh, from Virginia Tech. 
seeing Keonta Jenkins getting the start at Rover, true freshman, and then Lakeem Rudolph uh, as the backup uh, Rover, true freshman. Uh, both of these guys are coming out of the class of 2020. Uh, both of them have very solid frames as well. Keonta Jenkins, here's a little SpongeBob Square fan, SquarePants reference for the folks at home. Old man Jenkins makes the tackle. <laughs> and, then, and then anytime uh, Lakeem Rudolph makes a big play, Mikey, I got to tell you, man, I'd let him guide my sleigh. So uh, <laughs> that was good. I like that. You like that one? I like that one. <laughs> and then uh, I let him guide my play. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That's a big word right. play. Big word play guy. And then uh, last but not least, got to jump over to special teams. I don't know if we did too much special teams last time, but, uh, you know, on the uh, word play with Rome is burning. John Parker Romo is burning when he uh, when he's ripping some some uh, touchbacks here. So uh, a lot to get excited for on the field with this personnel, some shakeup with the depth chart. Some new guys will have uh, opportunity to showcase their talents on the field. We're going to jump into some Tech Talk live talk, and then we'll do some uh, score predictions at the very end. So, Bill, take it away with some TTL. Yeah, you were talking about Sons of Excitement. I got to tell you, Tech Talk Live is, is absolutely fantastic. It is in my rotation. I just want to say phenomenal, phenomenal work. And I'm not, I'm not, I, I haven't ripped the peanut gallery in a while. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to allude to the peanut gallery here. What I really appreciate about it is it's unprecedented times for absolutely everybody. There's no playbook to do it the right way. There's no, um, perfect protocol that's 100% effective. Um, you know, everybody was kind of saying Virginia Tech, oh, they're the laughing stop of college football. They're the only ones not playing. Well, Notre Dame's game got canceled this week. I think canceled games are going to be a mainstay across college football. And I got to tell you, it's, it's pretty frustrating seeing, uh, you know, coach have to go out there and answer some of these questions that, quite frankly, don't really fall under his jurisdiction. Whereas with Tech Talk Live, you're able to sit down, kind of look at it from first and foremost, a human being perspective, because this is incredibly challenging for him and the players um, trying to deal with it, find out who's going to be at practice, who's not going to be at practice. How can we practice in general? Um, you know, you saw kind of the effects of Navy tried to go with a contactless or less contacts. Uh, we all saw how that worked out. Um, but I just love to hear how he was handling it and, how much he's caring for the kids and what other schools are going through. Um, so I just kind of want to applaud you for doing a fantastic job uh, on that, but just kind of what's the sense that you got from coach Fuente and the team and, and, and kind of what they're going through right now. Yeah. Well, first uh, thanks. You know, a lot of that credit actually goes to Justin Fuente for allowing us to have that close of a relationship with them. I, I think what's been interesting for me during this is watching Justin Fuente, the person go through this rather than Justin Fuente, the coach. And it's not a guy that a lot of people have gotten to see up until the last couple of weeks where, you know, it's weighing on him and not in a negative sense. People keep telling me, Oh, he's hunched over and his body language is bad. And I'm like, that's because this is actually hurting him. It hurts him that his kids are going through this, his own actual daughters. And then, of course, all the players on this team, the Devin Hunter situation, without getting into specifics, hurt him as a coach and as a mentor because he cares so much about him. And that happened to come out on Monday. And, and we were sitting there in the home radio booth discussing that before we went on the air. And, and you know, he just said, I'm, I'm heartbroken about it. And 
I, I approach Tech Talk Live. Uh, I try to, the my own live motto is, let's leave him laughing by the end, which is why we do fun with Foo and just kind of ground things. We do that segment even at, we did it after we lost the Old Dominion. Uh, and that's what people don't understand about him is that it's not like he comes in and just stares at us stone face. He comes in and, you know, rips himself or will make fun of himself. He can, he can, you know, you guys had him on and that was a phenomenal hour and 40 minutes. And I asked him, I was like, hour and 40 minutes, geez, man, that's a double TTL. And he's like, wow, I was having fun. I like doing some of that lighter stuff and I never get to do it. Uh, and that's him. That's the guy we get. So for me, you know, it's like anything else. I realize some of the criticism that we all get, you know, Virginia Tech, athletics department, football, basketball, whatever the sport may be, whatever the case may be. A lot of times that's justified because we're not perfect. We don't win every game or match and we don't get everything right in terms of the content we're putting out. I make probably about 20 mistakes a game and I'm sure people could tick them off for you. And that's fine. But we're all very close. And I consider Justin Fuente a friend. And I've said this a number of times, a good friend at that. Uh, you know, when people come after your friends, uh, your natural reaction is to be ticked off and want to protect them. And, and that's kind of how we, how Mike and I approach it. I think. I want to ask you, we have, we have a little bit of breaking news here um, that I would love to hear a little bit more about what is, so behind the mic, Virginia tech uh, behind the mic, something that Hokie sports is doing new, something that you're doing new. I would love just to kind of learn a little bit more about that, where we can find it. Um, I'll just turn it over to you. Yeah, this is something really cool that our company, Learfield IMG College, is introducing at a number of schools, and we've been fortunate enough to be one of them. It's basically a live three-camera stream of the booth during the game, and I know that doesn't sound uh, all that exciting necessarily until you factor in that it's Mike Burnup, the legend. You'll have eyes on him the entire game, watch how many snacks he crushes, watch his facial expressions, which are priceless, uh, while he's saying some of these uh, things that he does watching my arms flail all over the place and shoving my spotter to go get me another Diet Coke and things like that. So you, you can check that out. My wife, Renee, who has a television background, is very talented in these things, actually is the, the producer of it and the camera switcher. Uh, so you can basically just get on Virginia Tech Athletics Facebook page and, and be in the booth with us. And, and the creation of that, of course, is because we're trying to find adapted value for sponsors, but also adapted ways for Hokie fans to feel like they're inside Lane Stadium and be a part of the experience. We know it's nothing like the real thing and all of those, but we're doing the best that we can. We've, we've unveiled it with Tech Talk Live. It's gone really well. We'll use it for Hokies walkthrough on Saturday too, and then we'll do it for the first time on Saturday night. But just kind of a cool deal. And, and it's one of those that we look to evolve. Uh, you know, like I say, it probably won't be perfect the first time out. And by, by the way, while you're watching, you can listen to the broadcast stream too. So if you, if you listen to us, just kind of an added element to that. So, uh, yeah, thanks for letting us get that out there. We're pretty excited about it. So I wanted to ask, you know, about Fun With Foo. You've gotten to really make some lighthearted opportunities here over the last, I guess, month and a half since Tech Talk Live uh, kind of relaunched and came back. What have been some of the, uh, the more fun or favorite responses from Foo over the Fun With Foo era? Well, Fu is only about a year and a half older than me, so we share a lot of the same tastes in like corny 80s movies. Uh, we love those. We were talking about Cobra Kai a couple of weeks ago, and he hadn't actually seen it. And then as he was walking out this past Monday, and you saw him at the press conference, he was kind of beleaguered by everything that's happening. He turns around and he goes, by the way, I checked out Cobra Kai. <laughs> 
and just disappeared into the night. So I love that. I love his stories about when he was a kid because he's so self-deprecating. But he had one about his uncle. And I guess his uncle, for those who have seen Modern Family, remember how Claire would just deck out the house and her goal was like to make the little kids pee themselves because they were so scared and whatever. I guess whose uncle was that way uh, in Oklahoma. And every year he'd try to scare the bejesus out of, out of little Foo. And every year Foo was like, no, it's not going to happen this year. And he'd get him every year. And there's one year like he was walking up and he was looking around and, and he didn't see him. And I'll probably mess up the story. But at some point he thought he was in the clear and he was heading to the door and his uncle like jumped off the roof with a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> running I think that would have got anybody. Yeah, I can't remember we told that it was a couple of years ago when we first started that segment. But yeah, I, I love it just because uh, it gets us thinking about some other things. These things, particularly now, are just so weighty in terms of test results and who's going to be available and how are we going to do this and what's going to be different. Uh, it's just a nice thing to do. And I actually have to give credit to Andrew Allegretta, my old sideline guy and our old women's basketball announcer and baseball announcer. Uh, he was the one. He came up with that segment, actually, a week when I was away for basketball. And I came back, and fans loved it so much, we just kept doing it. Speaking of Cobra Kai, we're going to jump into rapid fire here. And one of our you – no, know, maybe – I don't know. We can't, we can't pick favorites among our sponsors. But we do love Dr. PMSI. John Cranham. We do, we do love PMSI as well. You have to. My wife works there. That's right. Oh, <laughs> Shout out Renee. Shout out Jay. Oh, look at that. The lovely folks at PMSI. This is a time to honor our good friend, Dr. John Cranham, who tweeted about Cobra Kai, I think, two days ago. He was getting some feedback there on Cobra Kai. Love the segment when uh, Coach Fu was talking about it. But uh, Rapid Fire presented by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Stop in to the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry in Chesapeake, Virginia. Dr. Cran, Dr. Caitlin Cran, they will service your dental needs, anything from a teeth cleaning to a teeth bleaching, sons of teeth bleachery, to uh, any type of restorative dental, uh, all that good stuff. It's on the website. Go check it out. 50% off your teeth bleaching necessities if you mention Sons of Saturday. So we're going to do a little bit of a Game day, rapid fire, and a couple other uh, couple other rapid fire questions. So, Bill, kick us off. Please, surprise or breakout player uh, for this season? Who? Who? What are we thinking this year? I don't know if it's going to be a surprise, but he's definitely going to be a breakout player. It's Raheem Blackshear. I, I've never heard Foo so excited about the versatility of one offensive guy. He was joking around a few weeks ago. He's like, you know, I might have to take play calling responsibilities, not because. Corn's not doing a good job, but because it's going to be so much fun devising all the different ways that we can utilize him. So he's going to be heavily involved. I don't know exactly what that looks like right off the bat, uh, what it'll look like in the first couple of weeks of the season. But I think he's definitely going to be the guy who's a, a bona fide star by the end of the year. Another kind of interesting tidbit on that on that note, um, with the NCAA clearing the ability for this year to not count, um, you know, Raheem Blackshear, if, if wanted, is able to get another year. Chenga Hodge, um, some of the other seniors, will they have the ability to come back? I mean, look, Terrell Smith might be teaching at Virginia Tech and taking classes at the same time at Virginia Tech. I, like, Juice greets me on the sideline like we're old friends, and then I realize that we are old friends because <laughs> he's in his seventh year, I'm in his sixth. I don't know Virginia Tech football without Tyrell. I love that guy. He's obviously got a maturity about him, and, yeah, he's darn near a doctor at this point. But here's the one. That even surpasses him. Justice Reed can come back. He has an eighth year of eligibility. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We, had, we, we, had, we had Old Man Jenkins reference. Maybe we should make it Old Man Justice or Old Man Juice. It'd be a hit. Both of them are cool with it because both of them have great senses of humor. That's that's the funny thing about it. And then, and then I realized I'm a 41-year-old man making fun of a 23- or 24-year-old kid uh, for being the old guy. Don't get it twisted. They are both the grandfathers of Saturday. Super excited for uh, for this season out of Justice and Terrell. Uh, curious, Lays, what, do you have a pregame routine? I know you love to crack open the Diet Coke. Um, do you have any, uh, any, any interest? Do you do like a 100-yard walk, uh, something you do in the morning, uh, cabin socks, uh, underwear inside out? Do you have any like weird pre- <laughs> pregame routine? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I don't have a particular lucky pair of underwear, but I do have a particular brand and style <laughs> superstitiously oh. I wear on game days. Again, it's not a particular pair or anything like that. It's just like the, the type. Uh, but yeah, I didn't expect to go there. Yeah. Right here. Depends on the time of game. Like if it's a noon game, I'll get up at like five and, and go eventually at like six in the morning to McDonald's to get breakfast, take it over and just eat in the booth before anybody gets there. And that's kind of when the sun's coming up and Blacksburg's coming alive. I love doing that. I am a technical, uh, how's the way to put this? I am absolutely anal about the technical production of our broadcast. And I'm also a cynic when it comes to everything working, despite the fact that we have the best in the business of our engineering and it'll always be fine. Uh, so I get over there absurdly early. Uh, my crew hates me on the road because they'll be like, what time are we going over? And it's like an 8.30 at night game. And I'll be like, yeah, why don't we meet in the lobby about one? And they're like, what are you talking about? Um, so I'm usually over there and then I'll just make the rounds on a normal Saturday in Blacksburg. Like I have so many pregame obligations. I'll go down and do the bear pregame show and then I'll physically go down and walk and then I'll walk around. I'll talk with uh, Craig Weaver, who's Jim Weaver's son, uh, who's now actually working with the football staff, but before was kind of, he was the red hat for TV and I'd get the report cause he, you know, he's on the inside and he knows everything. Uh, so yeah, I just, we come in, we do all our system checks. Um, and then I'm just kind of there pacing and just getting ready to go. Depends on the game. Uh, on the road, I'll always walk the stadium, uh, both the concourse and the field, just to just to see it all, be around, uh, test our FM transmitter, stuff like that. Uh, and the whole time, I'm swilling Diet Coke. I mean, I'm six to eight a game. And it's going to be interesting because I've done a lot better during the pandemic. I've cracked myself down to like one, uh, one a day. But I don't think that's going to last on Saturday. Yeah, my wife is no shot. We saw the. Uh, we also saw the game day snack uh, snack bar, which I gotta tell you looks pretty good. Um, uh, <laughs> what is your uh, What is your game time uh, your game time snack? Well, it's funny if you saw the responses when I tweeted that out from my crew, they were somewhat joking. They're somewhat not, and that is the fact that, that we have our specific snacks. Like, don't touch these because, like, first of all, burn up chooses first and second his stories of his snacking and eating are one legendary and two one thousand percent true and maybe then some but he's a big cheetos guy uh so nobody touches to both of those cheetos. notions i love fritos originals will do but it can't be a Hokies uh game day without the chili cheese fritos and for whatever reason those always come in smaller quantities than the regular like i got that variety box yesterday and there's five regular and three chili cheese and i was like why isn't there four of each and I guess it's a specialized niche or niche, <laughs> but they, our guys know not to eat those before I've had mine. Uh, Funyuns are another one we go to on game day. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, we, we have a, a stats guy, Carter Myers. He's been with me the entire time I've been here. He was with Bill Roth for about 20 years at least. 
Uh, he's been here forever. And uh, his wife, Esther, used to make uh, treats, uh, desserts for every game. And she would rotate them. They'd be brownies sometimes and streusels. Our guys would always laugh about these creations. Uh, and unfortunately, she passed away last year right before the season started. He's in his 70s uh, and the nicest man you'll, you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, and for a couple of weeks, uh, the, the women from his church knew that she did that for him on game day and they kept the tradition alive. But that faded out <laughs> and then we didn't have treats for a while. So my wife had to step in and now she, uh, she's a phenomenal uh, baker as well. So she's got some sort of peanut butter chocolate thing in the works, I think, for this week. And uh, now she does that every week for us. So, obviously, huge shout-out to Renee. Uh, Renee made a guest appearance. Uh, her laugh made a guest appearance on the last podcast. Uh, curious, what do you guys – have you guys ran out of stuff to watch yet? I mean, what, 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 what are we watching? You, like, like we took a break uh, from – well, here, let's make a guess. What, what are we watching? The Social Dilemma right now. I was that's that's on, that's on my list. It's up next. Is it good? We're, we're literally halfway through it right now. We put it on while we were eating dinner, and I stopped while we were recording this. Uh, it's mind blowing, guys. Yeah. It's it's terrifying. Like as I'm watching it, I'm doing the things on the phone that they're describing. Means you're like a sociopath, and I'm like, oh god. Oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, we Cobra Kai saved us. Uh, Renee had never seen um, that. Saved us for like a week. We busted through that pretty quick. Uh, Renee had never seen the newsroom all the way through and I've seen it like five times, but I could never get enough. So we were doing that for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but to your question, yeah, we've kind of run out of uh, sports night. We went back and watched what well, we, we have kind of run out of original content at this point. And then I got a couple for you here, Liz. Um, we love hearing about newcomers, whether they are a grad transfer or from the transfer portal but uh, this 2020 class, you know, pound for pound, only 15 of them, but uh, we're hearing good things about them. Who are some of the freshman guys that you've uh, gotten a chance to chop it up with maybe a little bit? And I know you might have not even had that much opportunity, you know, being in a socially distant environment, but uh, are there any guys that come to mind? Yeah, to be honest with you, I haven't had hardly any opportunity to sit down with them face to face and and get to know them. And honestly, as freshmen, you don't do that a ton. When they first get to campus, you do that, and then you let them acclimate. Um, and get a little more comfortable before talking to him. But we're all intrigued to see Keonta Jenkins, if he's ready to step in and be a big-time contributor. He looks the part, I can tell you that, on the practice field, 6'4", rangy kid. Uh, the one that I've gotten to know quite a bit on social media, we go back and forth, he likes a lot of my stuff, is Showtime. My man Tyree Saunders, if there's ever a guy that I wanted to be good <laughs> right off the bat, it's him, just because, I mean, you know, we can get into lazisms, but that's made right there oh, for man. me. And uh, he seems like he's got a, a pretty big personality. It's kind of the guys that were freshmen last year that you get to know a little bit better going into their sophomore year. Like Keyshawn King's got a, a big smile, big personality. I love that kid. Uh, can't wait for him to kind of break out and, and become the star that we think he'll be. And, and that's the fun part. Billy knows this uh, of getting here and you're kind of the shy freshman and you don't know where you're supposed to go in drills and you're not used to doing media and stuff. Uh, and then by the time you're a senior, by the time you're a bona fide star, they're so comfortable in that environment. Like a Trey Turner, who we were sitting down chopping it up with a little bit yesterday. And like he was in there with the media for like 40 minutes. I was waiting on him to do an interview. And I was like, dude, like that's a Virginia Tech personal record for one guy uh, for, to keep talking. So, uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I don't really know yet. But the thing is, I don't think fans are going to get to know this freshman class nearly as quickly as they did last year. And that's a good thing because you're not going to have to ask nearly as many of those guys to contribute. 
If you want to have an entertaining conversation by Billy Ray Mitchell a beer and ask him some stories from his freshman year, uh, some of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> but uh, speaking of lazisms, we're going to get on to burnup-isms. So what are your favorite, any favorite Mike burnup-isms that he does when you're recording uh, from the booth on game day? Well, the one that I like the most is uh, he's more slippery than an onion peel and a bowl of snot, and he hasn't oh used God. it in a while. <laughs> that goes back a few years. He dropped it on me uh, my first year, and I was just like, "What in the heck is this?" Does that take you out of your element? That would take yeah. me out of that would take no, me out I, of my uh, out of the zone. Think about that. Sometimes he's one of those guys, and it's great uh, when he goes back and forth with Mike Young because they're both from this area relatively, uh, but they're about 10 years apart in age. Uh, so, like, they all have the same, like, rural one-liners. They both have the same, but there's a generational gap for whatever reason. So they mean the same thing, and they both got one. But he'll be like, yeah, it's like this. And Mike Young will be like, yeah, it's like this. And he's like, that's what I said. And, uh, yeah, what did he <laughs> – He's got one about – has something to do with, like, a horse's butt and a fiddle, and I can't remember exactly what it is. Speaking <laughs> of animals, I mean, I, it's it's not really a burnupism, but we love the na- the the nature burnup that's been going on. Uh, we talked Ranger about it the last burnup. time you were on here. It's it's fantastic. We had uh, – Pat, you'll be surprised. Up here in Bergen County, we had two we had two deer just sitting on sitting on in the backyard. Jackson, saw, the, I, saw the text from Jackson. Jackson promptly texts back and says, uh, get the bow – <laughs> or I would catch them with my bare hands. So um, my wife was mortified. Renee was mortified this morning. She was driving over to First and Main, and apparently there was three deer just chilling in the parking lot when she was coming around the bend. She almost plowed them over. Oh man! Yeah, nature what is was, nature is reclaiming. What was trying to steal Burnup's thunder on Twitter? He started sending out nature videos, and I had to clap back at him and be like, "Bro, you you got to get your own thing." Like. <laughs> Hope it doesn't come for uh, BRM Skycam. We'll see. Uh, we'll see That's what the right. pivot is here. That's <laughs> right. And then uh, another ism you mentioned him earlier. Our, our guy Pete Morris. Any I Pete Morris? Any Pete Morris isms that are out there that you're just like, oh man, here goes Pete. I tell you what, man. Pete is one of the most stealthy, funny dudes like yes, you'll ever meet. He sent me a text the other day that I'm still laughing about, and I can't uh, can't read it back to you because obviously <laughs> he didn't mean for it to be public. Uh, nor would it be public information. But my Lord, my favorite story, though, about Pete Morris. So I get hired in this job, and he reaches out because he's, he's got to coordinate some interview requests and stuff that people had, you know, David Teal and Mark Berman and those types. So I'm talking to him, and he's just like, yeah, I'm a Midwest guy, too. I'm from Wisconsin. And he's really – I, I realize, like, the only one I'm really talking to before I get here. So I, I have a U-Haul, and my friends helped me load it up in Richmond and I drive up here and my mind is so fried because I got to drive right back to Richmond to do Bud Foster night in Richmond. And, uh, and then we've got the Hokie club kickoff tour in two days. So I never, never dawned on me that I would need someone to help me unload the U-Haul once I got to Blacksburg. I guess they thought there was just going to be a parade of well-wishers that were going to come by and do it. So I just called Pete and I'm like, hey, bro, you're the only guy in Blacksburg that I know. Uh, would you be willing to come over here at Clay Court and help me unload my U-Haul? And here comes Pete, Red Bull to the hilt, man, bounding over in mesh gym shorts out of the 80s. Like, <laughs> Ready to roll in like 10 minutes and we knocked it out, you know, just sweating like crazy. But I, I love Pete, man. He's one of those guys where if you text him, uh, he'll, he'll respond to you in 10, 15 seconds because his motor's always going, which in our business is amazing. And it doesn't matter if it's 
during the middle of the game, I could do it literally right now. And he would respond uh, before I was even done talking. And I, I love that guy. I got to tell you, one of them, you put it the perfect way. One of the most subtle, hilarious human beings. And again, he doesn't even mean to be being funny and he is so funny. And he's always, I always used to, when I was, I'd be walking back for a lift or walking back from practice or something. And he'd have a stack of papers and he's marching down the hallway and I'd be like, Pete, Pete, he wouldn't even turn around. Yep. 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 Just getting to wherever he's going. Hair slicked back, yeah. Hair, the hair slicked back. Um, he is one of a kind, and you are not wrong about uh, about the immediate response. I remember um, anytime, anytime we're looking to to do any interviews or something, I'll be like, "Yeah, shoot, shoot Pete an email. Here's his email." And it's like, "Yeah, what if I can't reach him?" I'm like, "No, Pete will answer your email faster than anybody <laughs> will text you back. So that's not going to be. That's not going to yeah. be." That's uh, absolutely right. <laughs> That's a classic. So the last rapid fire question here, not much, not much a rapid fire, but just to, you know, we got to talk about it. The virtual sellout saw it go out today. You can uh, have an option, buy a seat, buy a row, buy a section. Sell me on why I should buy section five. I, I, I gather up my section five cronies. It's a thousand dollars for the section. I don't know if that's per game or for the whole season, but, uh, you know, maybe we can get some steam behind this. What, what are you thinking about uh, buying out Section 5 or just the virtual sellout in general? Well, honestly, I think that a lot of the virtual ticket stuff, you, know, you get the amenities that come with it and they listed all of that stuff. And I think they recognize that those don't really match the value. It's essentially a way for people to understand that as much as we joke around, as much as it's still Virginia Tech and as much as we're all Hokies, these are tough times. Virginia Tech is struggling financially. And I think not just Virginia Tech, college athletics as a whole and colleges are struggling financially right now to figure things out. And this is just a way, it's essentially a way to donate to the Hokie Club uh, and get a little something back for it, gather a little pride for the 2020 season, get you in early for 2021. Uh, but for you individually, Pat, you should do the $1,000 option because that's couch cushion money for you uh, with the success of Sons of Saturday. <laughs> And obviously your day job, just absolutely crushing it out on the streets. Um, so that's why you should do it because it doesn't even matter to you. I mean, Bill can get in on the $10 option. <laughs> I was going to say, Billy and I were going back and forth. I got the Section 5 cronies. We've, uh, we've developed a little bit of sub-brand inside of Sons of Saturday with Sons of Section 5. But also there is Sons of Utprosum that we've done in the past. And, uh, you know, people are probably looking at us and say, Hey guys, wh where's the latest sons of pros initiative. I think maybe that can be, uh, an initiative, uh, geared toward the athletic department and the hockey club and, you know, helping out section five, get bought up for the season. So, uh, absolutely love that. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens and, uh, we'll, we'll post some, uh, post some ideas out on, uh, out on the social media here over the next few days or weeks. You know, Lays, you were talking about um, kind of the Sons of Saturday taking off. Well, we actually are working so hard that we're putting ads on our own podcast here. So we have score predictions brought to you by SonsOfSaturday.com. I'm sick of having conversations with people, and they're like, yeah, man, love the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we got a website too, right? Got some great writing on there. So if you have not, head on over to SonsOfSaturday.com. We had a great article go out today by Parker Manning, talking about generational love for Virginia Tech. Um, have some fantastic writing from some current student-athletes that have, have already come out and are coming out. Uh, and also, what's great, too, 
every time we put out a podcast, we take, do a little write-up, maybe some pictures, um, throw some more information that – some Easter eggs that may not have been in the podcast. So, sonsofsaturday.com, give that a checkout. Lays, score prediction this weekend. What do you got? Well, I'm obviously a little bit concerned as to where the Hokies are going to be because of all the challenges they've had in terms of being together to be able to prepare. I'm not as concerned about availability as I was last week, um, you know, with all the contact tracing and all the protocols that they have to follow. But I am a little bit concerned about how much time they'll have together to practice and to do scout work and all the things that you'd normally do on a Tuesday and Wednesday leading into game day. With that said, I think this is a fed up group. Uh, I think like myself, they thought some things that happened last week were in poor taste. I know Justin Fuente took them personally. I took to social media because it pissed me off to that degree. Uh, Not to speak for the players, but I think they feel that way as well. I think they can't not wait to get on the field. And I think it's going to be the NC State Wolfpack that is the unfortunate fawn that walks in the middle of the track, so to speak, this week. I'm not predicting a blowout because I do think this is an NC State team that's very capable in all three phases of the game, probably has the best special teams, if not in the ACC or in the ACC for sure, and maybe beyond. Uh, But I like the Hokies in this game. I like the Hokies 34-24. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I definitely think uh, Virginia Tech. It, I mean, I gotta say again, coming back at the peanut gallery again, fans on both sides to 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 weigh in on kind of how if players want to play or, or anything else. I mean, this this is hard enough with a regular day job where you go in and you sit in front of a computer and you type and you call people. Um, you know, I, I try to explain to people, practice is hard. And getting up for practice week after week after week and not being able to play a game where it's swept out from Monday on a Wednesday or a Thursday, you know, I just, I got to tell you, it pissed me off too, seeing people talk about it. So, you know, I would err again, keep your mouth shut. It's not something for you to really comment on. I know they're working incredibly hard and doing everything they can to play. I did did want to clarify on that. When I was said that on social media, I wasn't talking about Virginia Tech fans, by the way. I was talking about both. I was sharing uh, their frustration because I knew that a ton of them were ticked off and there wasn't a whole lot that we could say. I I was talking more specifically about our friends, uh, particularly the adults that are Mm -hmm. in charge uh, a little bit south or a little bit down the road in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was an incredible poor taste, particularly since they're going through the exact same thing and they realized that uh, uh, I I almost felt like it was a recruiting ploy. I thought it was uh, terrible. I agree. It's, it's, and at the end of the day, it's a game. We're just playing football. Uh, just want to hope that everybody is safe and we do the right thing. So uh, back to the football part of it. I'm going to go with 35-31. I completely agree with you. I think the kids uh, are ready to play. I think the coaches are, again, the coaches are ready to coach. Um, again, the one thing to just kind of be wary of is it is the first game. It is the first time that we're rolling out there. Um, you've seen it in the NFL without a preseason. There's nothing. You can practice as much as you want, but nothing is like the real game. With that said, I think we have a really talented group, and I think I've said this before. I think this season, more than any other season, is going to shine a light on how strong your culture is and how well coached you are, uh, both from a from a team standpoint, a leadership standpoint. Um, so I'm going to go with the Hokies, 35-31, high scoring affair. NC State point can start to score some points. Something to keep in mind: big year for Dave Doran. Uh, Dave Doran's got to win this year, uh, but I'm going to go with the Hokies getting the win, 35-31. I'm going to perfect this trifecta. Uh, I predict a 
a good matchup as far as how he might match up with them defensively, uh, seeing from a small sample size last week that they're kind of 60-40 run pass. And I'm confident in our uh, defensive line and linebacker unit, those first two layers of defense uh, attacking their their run game. Um, I'm seeing a 31-16 victory for the Hokies. I think they'll get on the board four times. Uh, NC State, that is uh, one touchdown, three field goals, and then uh, see us, you know, four touchdowns and one field goal as well. So uh, Brian Johnson will get some love out there. But uh, 220 rushing yards for the Virginia Tech attack. Um and hopefully another 200 through the air. But, uh, yeah, 31-16, win for the Hokies, 1-0. Ladies, last thing for you here. I know it's late, 8:39. I got to go watch my Celtics. Sons of surprises. You said you had a surprise. You said you were saving it. Floor is yours. Yeah, I do, and I wanted to use this opportunity to say it. I've been sitting on this uh, for a few months and now a few extra weeks. I just felt like with all the things that we've gone through – Uh, Not that this will solve them or anything like that, but people are kind of yearning for things that make them feel good. And I feel like going into my sixth year in the booth, and I've talked to Bill about this uh, over the course of the summer, I think it's time, uh, not going to do it all the time, but it's time to start phasing back in touchdown tech. And and I think people are are ready for it. When I got here, uh, obviously I wanted to kind of create my my own sound and identity and didn't want to be a just poor copy of Bill, uh, but I think it belongs with tech football. I know he agrees. We've talked about uh, some other things we might do with it, uh, but so on the first touchdown that we score uh, against NC State on Saturday, you will hear touchdown tech. This is awesome. Breaking this is, news. This is Seven. breaking news, but this is awesome. I think, uh, think kind of like a phased approach, you know, at the right moments, I think that's a, a really good way to go about it, and uh, you know, you kind of built up the identity with you know, I, I said it earlier. We don't have to say it again. I don't have to do the imitation again. But, um, yeah, th- that is awesome, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Who do you think is going to score the first touchdown uh, on Saturday, Lays? I think it's going to be Trey Turner. I think he has uh, an eye for the moment or kind of a keen knack for the moment. And I think he realizes just how deprived this fan base has been of positives in general, but on the football field also. And I think big play, big play Trey finds a way. To make a big play. Oh, oh, you, you did a little, you did a little, a little bang bang there. Okay, I'll say <laughs> just one more thing on the on the positivity note, and that's awesome. I'm excited about the lays that lays. Another headline just to run by you: uh, Brock Hoffman's mother will be in attendance for the NC State wow. game, which is um, really really awesome news. Uh, super excited to hear that. Um, I know that everybody's frustrated not being able uh, to have full capacity or have fans of the game, but. Um, certainly no one more deserving to be in the stands um, to watch her boy finally play for Virginia Tech than Mrs. Hoffman. So um, really happy for that and uh, just a little positivity to take us home here. But Lays, as always, a ton of fun. Looking forward to the uh, next time we get together, whether it be on the golf course or over on a Zoom. Um, wishing you the best of luck on Saturday and really looking forward to hopefully getting some tech football here and get the season uh, off the ground. Can't wait, boys. Always a treat, and uh, keep killing it, all right? Appreciate it, Lace. Thanks, Lace.